From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast, which of course you can find at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca. You can find us there too. The Craig Needles Podcast is brought to you by Clearview Auto Glass. We welcome them uh, as a sponsor. And on this episode, uh, I want to talk about what happened at City Hall last night and what is continuing to happen at City Hall uh, today. So we're we're recording this conversation just after noon on Tuesday. I know council's coming up today. We're going to proceed as though council is going to uh, approve hubs by the same vote count roughly that they did it uh they did at SPPC last night and uh, here to join me is someone who's been on this podcast before and and happy to have her back Melissa Sheehan is here hello Melissa thank you for being here with us today thank you for having me and what a perfect opportunity yeah I'm glad you're here <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about and if you haven't heard Melissa on the podcast before uh, Melissa is someone who has a, a lot of experience within London systems when it comes to people who are precariously housed or, or don't have a place to live Salvation Army things along those lines and and, and I want to get Melissa's view on where we're at on the homeless hubs conversation. So first, we'll talk about that aspect of this, the hubs discussion from last night. What stood out to you? What did you think was interesting? And how do you think this will play out as far as people who are are needing this assistance right now once we get going here? Um, I, I want to put it out there that I'm in full support of the hubs. Like, I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's something that they're right. Hasn't been done before. And I think it has a lot of um, opportunity for success, like much of their past uh, initiatives have had. Um, and I get that high acuity people are the focus. I just, I, I'm optimistic, like I'm cautiously optimistic at this point. Yeah. Like I, 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 want it, I want it to succeed, but I just have very, very, very concerning like questions and just and and I honestly think that cautiously optimistic is the best that anyone should be able to do here. Anyone who's claiming to you, I know this is going to work perfectly. Uh, that person is 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 incorrect. They're selling you something because there's no way they know. Because as you've said, this hasn't been done before. No. However, I think there are reasons for optimism, as you've said. Absolutely. Like it's it's a new initiative, so I'm going to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say we shouldn't do it. I just have concerns about some of the execution. So so what do you what do you have concerns about right now for the start? Um my first concern when it was first announced was okay, so they're focusing on high acuity people. People with severely severe mental mental health or addiction issues and I totally I totally am okay with them helping um high acuity people. I just I I just have trouble with them saying oh we're helping everybody even the low acuity people. Um, in my experience, that isn't really a reality, unfortunately. Um, like, and they were talking about how, like, the differences in staffing versus uh, clients. If they, and my one thing is, if they could, tra- if they could take what they're doing with the hubs and put that into practice in the shelters, we would see a huge turnaround in terms of the kind of environment shelters are that sometimes leaves people to be forced to be on the street. But and those are the people that are going to need the help, the ones that end up in encampments because right. they don't feel safe at shelters and they're not and they're not being serviced at the hubs because they're not as high acuity as others, which I totally get. Yeah. But like there's no like in between, like there's no like um, supports for people that don't feel safe in shelters because I'm sorry, but shelters are being low barrier is problematic. And I've gone into that several times with several people, but um, it's. 
Like uh, I'm am- of the belief that there should be a, a shelter that's like if you want to say, hey, some shelters you're going to be able to you know have drugs in there or whatever. Like, we can t- but there should be a shelter where there's a strict zero tolerance. Yes, exactly. Because there are and people that are that are that if they're fighting addiction or whatever it happens to be, they don't want to be around that. And I think that's entirely reasonable. And I and I think they could probably just start to do that with the hubs down the road. I mean, like the ones for women, uh, women identifying people through CMHA. A lot of those women women are probably being referenced or uh, referred through my sister's place, which is not the safest place for women, especially if you're not of the lifestyle of, and I'm not judging anybody, but if you're not of the lifestyle of a drug addict, a criminal, or sex work, you don't really feel comfortable or um, supported there because it's that's uh, that's a lot of what the atmosphere yeah, is. Yeah, and you don't feel safe going there because you're not – like you just need help. You don't need to be around people that are going to negatively influence you to get into that life. You just want to get help and get out. And yeah. it's just like like the women identifying one, like what's going to happen for women that are escaping um, that lifestyle that are trying to get clean and sober? Like people are going to know where they are. The address is public. Like there's no – like. If it was like set up sort of like a Nova where it was like literally security at the door, you ha- like secured entry, cool. But like a lot of these women that are escaping abuse or relationships that are being referred to it, like I, I-, I have security concerns for right. them. Right. Not necessarily now, because – it would and-, and maybe this is a better uh, question for-, for someone like Jesse Roger, Jennifer Dunn, but would there be spots for them at – at Locke or at Anova, I guess would be would be the question for that, and 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 maybe there wouldn't be. Obviously, they're 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 pretty strange. Yeah, too, so. they're they are pretty strange. Like I stayed there two years, two, two years. Oh wow, <laughs> when I left my partner, and I loved it there because it was entirely opposite of what the other shelters are. And unfortunately for women, if you're not leaving an abusive situation, your only option is the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. because Rotham, if unless you have unless you have kids, Rotham isn't an option. Like my sister's place is not an option for a lot of women because they don't feel comfortable in that area, let alone in that space. Right. So it's it's really that's, that's, it's a tricky it's a tricky it is it is tricky. And I will note that the the spot where my sister's place is and one of the, the hubs is going to go there that the Canadian Mental Health Association is going to be uh, uh, is going to be running. Uh, it's directly across from London Police Services headquarters, but it's still <laughs> a difficult spot I, in the city. I, w- I would love to say that that's that. helpful, but as somebody who lived in the LMCH building across from the uh, police station, I can say that it, having it across the street does not Doesn't help. change anything. Does not help. It actually, and especially, you would think the response time across the street would be quicker, but it's really not. Because they're all over the yeah, place. Yeah, of course. But yeah, like, yeah. it's not like, and that's, again, like, I have safety concerns. Like, if women are trying to get stabilized part of that comes from mm-hmm. getting away from people that have kept them in the life that they're in yeah. have kept them in their like in the mindset that they're not going to get better but these spaces are great for hey come be get try and get stabilized but when the people in their old life that they're trying to get out of in the old environment they're trying to get out of are readily accessible and not being kept at bay that's concerning right right and that and, that, and, and that's a detriment to the success of People getting stabilized. Yeah, and I, and I think so too. Now, I love the and here's the thing: when we've talked about these hubs before, uh, one of the the conversations has been okay. So, London Health Science Center has been at the table, and and London Police and EMS and all that stuff. Uh, I like to believe that, especially the one on Fanshawe Park Road, 
when this gets going, London police are going to be keeping an eye on that spot and just be oh, around. Oh, absolutely. I would think that's something that they would do, not because of the women who are staying there, as you've outlined, but the people who may be coming to see those women yeah. or whatever it happens to be. So I like to believe that that's going to be a spot where someone who wants to come and do something that is not very good is going to want to avoid because it's being watched. And, and I, I, again... We're going to have to see if the proof's yeah, in the pudding. I'm, I'm but I would that hope that that would be the case. I'm hoping there's some measures in place to protect the women that want to escape the life they're in presently. Right. Because I, I don't think anyone should have concerns about the people who are staying at that hub for the most part. These Espe are people that want to better their lives that are in yeah. a rough spot. We should give them the chance to do that. Absolutely. And I and I've been here like I've been following the whole like when it was announced where it was, a bunch of the neighbors were like NIMBY. Like Oh, we want to help, just not in our area. The women that are going to be staying there are going to want to be stabilized. They don't want to be the troublemakers. They want yeah. help. They want to be part of the community. They want to be a contributing member of the community. So why not give them that chance to do that? I can see their concerns as a po like when it comes to like having Who certain people around, but I'm hoping there's measures in place to prevent that. And I will note this: the. the the criticism of, well, we should have this hub for, for, for women in, in the downtown core. No. Uh, absolutely not. No. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely not for a variety of reasons. One, uh, we talk about, well, people who are going to do bad things may want to come visit. Uh, that's going to be a lot easier in the downtown core. Oh, so yeah. let and, and two, I'm very much of the belief that if we continue to shove all of the services, and, and, and Councillor David Ferreira said this to, uh, at the debate last night, he said yep. it to the folks of the newspaper, if we continue to shove all the services into downtown and into Oldies Village, this is going to fail again. Yep. And I remember back when they did the trailers. Yep. A bunch of like community agencies in the downtown core were like, no, we, we want everything downtown. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. That hasn't worked for the past decade. I'm sorry. Right. And I, well, I think you, you came and talked about this in the podcast yep. with me at the time when you said, because uh, this is when, before the, the fire, uh, the, the mess, when you said, yeah, no, River Road's a great spot because it's away from things. And that's why I, yeah. I, I looked at 900 Fanshawe Park Road West and I'm like, you know what? That is something that could be a lot more successful because it's away from the yeah. downtown core. It's still close to like Walmart and all the things that these yep. women will need to get by day to day. The pharmacy is like a a freaking spitball away. Yeah, yeah, it's not far. And I know that there's some criticism. Oh, there's not even a bus route that goes there. That's that's not true. Yeah, there is. Yeah. There's the 19. You're talking to an LTC like regular yeah. expert. So the 19 goes by there quite often, actually. Yeah. A so, lot more than it used to. Yeah, that's which is so good. So I'll give that to LTC. Way to go on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is good. Uh, so that that criticism is, is, is not accurate. No. Uh, I, I did not like the way it was framed last night. And we're talking about, well, do we want this shelter next to a toy store like where, where's it I can go? I can understand that can to un a okay. certain extent like um I remember that being part of the argument when they put in the supervised consumption facility on uh, York Street yeah. oh we're so close to a school like I can understand that because um obviously you're going to be concerned about children and mm -hmm. like their exposure to this but I think and that's why I'm hoping and really hoping that there's measures in place that prevent that um unfortunate exposure to that kind of environment. I'm hoping it's a safe space that women can just come and get help and are not going to be stalked by people in their old life, not going to be stalked by um, ex-partners. Like, I can understand it because, like, I've <laughs> I've been one of those people at one point where I was really concerned about, like, my, my, um, my friend's kids being around, like, certain environments. 
And I can certainly see that, but the toy store also has security. It also has like, it, it's a, it's enough of a distance where it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. And I'm hoping there's measures in place to make sure it's not a problem. I would like to think there'd be fencing and things along those lines. Yeah. And further to that, it just like, okay, so let's just say someone is, is going to come and they're, they're, they they want to see whoever is, is staying at that hub. Are they really going to say, oh, there's a kid going into a toy store. You know what? I'm just going to snatch him. Like that's like, that, that's not how this typically I can't goes. see you know what I mean? snatching, like, but I can see, um, like I've seen it as somebody of lived experience with homelessness and living in shelters yeah. and being around the downtown core, like if I can see some people that sh- really shouldn't be in that area coming to that area and just um, sitting in front of the door of the and store. And being a little and yeah, being, and unsettling. Being, okay. Yeah. Like I can see that, but as, as far as, oh, the women are the threat, the women aren't going to be the threat. It's like the people that are yeah. trying to keep them in that life that are going to try and keep attracting them. And that's why I said, I hope there's measures in place. And I really hope if there's any severe concerns for women's safety, I hope that um, CMHA can put them in charge, with, put them in uh, touch with the London Police Service and get like um, order of protection or like I had one of these. I should know what it is. Uh, restraining order, whatever it is. Yeah, like uh, yeah, a, yeah. like a no contact order. Yeah, yeah. Because that way, if that person comes within like twenty five feet, which is fair distance, yeah, they're done. Yeah, like, and, and, and I'm I'm a believer, like you know, and and I I, I haven't talked to the chief Trong about this, and I do want to talk to him about it, uh, about how this is going to look. Uh, from their perspective. Uh, but, and again, I'm not sitting here and trying to tell everyone that, uh, you know, there there are no considerations you put in beyond, hey, let's just plop the shelter here and everything, or have, plop the hub here and everything's fine. But the 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 reaction of, you know, this is going to wreck the neighborhood. When you have someone who owns a Tim Hortons 1.8 kilometers away, writing to city councilors and saying, don't do this. Like, j- be serious for just a second. Like, here. I understand like, the concerns and I can... Like, but 1.8 kilometers. Yeah, that's like I can I can understand the concerns. I just don't agree with them. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, that's 1.8 kilometers the long. And there's probably several Tim Hortons even closer to that one. Uh, so I don't I don't like that. I want to talk though about um, something else that was brought up at the meeting quite a bit yesterday, which is the conversation surrounding the cost per bed that we're doing here. And one thing, one thing that was mentioned is, oh, Salvation Army, and I forget what the dollar figure was. Well, Salvation Army does this number of beds for this number of dollars per year. And I saw you tweeting a bit of a thread oh, about I, that. Oh, I quote tweeted a yeah. thread about that. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to talk with you about it because, and, and that's what made me think, oh, I should invite and listen to the podcast this week. Um, what Salvation Army is doing, and, and, and there's a lot of people there, they're trying their best, obviously, but yep. the model is not effective. It's really not. And I, and I, and I say that as somebody who's had many meetings with management of of yeah. that place and when I was a resident there. Yeah, you've lived there and the whole I've thing. lived there, yeah. I've done it, and I understand like the low barrier approach. I just don't understand like there's a lot of problematic concerns that come with health and safety of everybody, including those that are accessing it because it's low barrier. Mm-hmm. Like I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's become a legalized drug den. Yeah. It really has. Like if you're in one of the dorm rooms with four to six other people, you're breathing in fentanyl because people aren't being told oh you need to do it outside or you need to do it elsewhere they're allowed to do it inside the room when people are sleeping there's fighting there's fire alarm pulls at 2 30 in the morning so if you're somebody that's just there for a place because you don't have any other options and it's your last resort you're gonna be like you're not able to stabilize very much 
because in fact it's going to be it's going to be more it, destabilizing gonna, yeah, yeah <laughs> like you're worried about fire alarms you're worried about whatever roommates are doing and theft and things on those lines and um you can't really have a say in who you who you get put in a room with it's basically yeah <laughs> it's a lottery pretty much like if you if you have friends you could probably try and get into the same room as them but if they're of a different gender then you're stuck on a gender specific floor so it really makes things difficult and the whole like oh this is how much money they get to do this this and this i'm going to tell you straight up the laundry machines don't work they're constantly broken into um sorry i'm going to go on a bit of a rant no, no please um the laundry machines are constantly broken into constantly broken constantly breaking down they're constantly having to call coinomatic and coinomatic's got, almost gotten to the point where they don't come out for service calls near as much as they used to um and um, as I said, like the staff, like I, I appreciate that uh, Deputy Mayor Lewis brought up uh, the staff to resident ratio for the hubs. The staff, like the housing staff to resident ratio at the Salvation Army is one housing support worker to six floors of clients. That's very concerning. Right. Like. Because they, they, what they want to do with the hubs here is make this so there's a staff member who can help you find a more permanent place to live from the hub. Absolutely. And I know they want to do that at Salvation Army, but that's just not practically the way it's going. No. And like I stayed there as a youth so many years ago and it's like we don't have the wraparound supports we had back then. Like um, I brought to uh, management's attention, like, why can't we have somebody from coordinated access in here once in a while? Why can't we have somebody from CMHA in here once in a while? And they're like, oh, that's not tangible. Like. And I wasn't the only resident that brought this forward. Like every residential meeting, there were constantly like there's health and safety concerns. Like we don't want to be in like we're like we're tired of finding paraphernalia and stairwells and elevators. And it's not safe for people. Even the people that are contributing to the problem are not safe there because there's no there's no consequences. Mm -hmm. Like if you get caught doing it, you're basically told to go for a walk for an hour. You're not kicked out. You're not like, and I don't want people getting kicked out at all. But like, if it has to come to that, unfortunately, it has to come to that. At, at some, some point. point, safety has to, one would think, be a priority. And I'm hoping that at these hubs, the, because the staffing ratios are going to be higher, that is going to be the case. But I, I, my one question is, okay, so if they're putting all this money towards the hubs to have wraparound supports, why are they not giving that same funding to current shelters to have those yeah. wraparound supports? Yeah. Uh, like, and, honestly, like... And could they get some of the, the funds for that out of uh, a homelessness fund? Franchise? You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna be talking to the mayor later this week, and I'm going to ask him about that because, uh, you know, could, can we, uh, A, not only find new stuff, but B, improve what we have now, I think is a, is a worthy conversation for sure. Yeah, and it's just like like watching that meeting and they're like, oh, this is going to like, we're making sure that five to five to one resident staff ratio. And I'm like, okay, so you guys like, <laughs> it's been my one question. I'm like, okay, so you guys are doing this brand new thing, but you could have done it with the current shelters. Yeah. Now, <laughs> five, ten years ago, maybe, yeah. Now they didn't have the. Extra of course, cash the I get that, there, but, but like, uh, is there an argument you made that? And, and again, I'm, I'm not besmirching anyone who works Salvation Army. You're doing nope. the best you can. You, got, with what you, you got. guys are the best. I will never say a bad word about the frontline staff, the workers, or even the the management there. They do their best with what they got. Is it too far gone? Do you think to be saved? Um. 
I would like to believe that maybe some of the success in the hubs will be a business case for why these wraparound supports could be brought into the current shelters. Yeah. Like I'm really hope like that's the one thing I'm hoping like this is successful so that it can be a standard for shelters. And I get and I get that people are like, oh, these hubs aren't shelters. Well, in a way they are, in a way they're not. Because mm-hmm. shelters at one time were had those wraparound supports. Like they were respite beds. They were like temporary but as people have said like um shelter stays used to be like two weeks to a month and now it's like 18 months people are staying if not longer and my one my one other concern is that if the hubs are going to be centered towards high acuity people the low acuity people are going to be stuck in these um unsafe shelter environments or on the street like and I get that they're trying to help everybody, but I just don't see how they're trying to help low acuity people while also helping high acuity people. Like I see most of the, like I said, if they could somehow translate this same um, approach into the shelter system, that would also help low acuity people because if they're trying to get high acuity people through these hubs and out of the shelters, then I could see how that would eventually change the environment of shelters. But that's going to be two, three years down the road because there's so many high acuity people in this city. Mm. I'm not going to deny that. Of and the low acuity people now are going to be um, the ones to fall th- further through the cracks because they're not getting the help they need because all the focus and help is focused yeah. on high acuity people or low acuity people are like, hey, I'm here too. Like right. I saw that living at the Sally. Like if you were, you know, like me, just normal, just wanting, just having financial barriers, blah, blah, blah. You're basically, oh, here's a housing list. You're on your own. Oh, you want to get referred somewhere? Find it yourself. Yeah. Like that, I, I I laughed, honestly, when uh, I saw that, oh, they help refer and help with housing. I'm like, no, they don't. They do what every other social agency does. They hand you a housing list. They hand you places you could go to. That's it. Right. Like they don't follow up with they don't vet the people on the housing list because I'm sorry, those housing lists, most of them are either scammy or out of anybody's price range that is on social assistance. And it kind of makes me laugh that people are posting like, oh, $17.50. I'm like, who on Ontario Works is going to be able to afford $17.50? What's the rate for a single Ontario Works person right now? For um, it's, it's, it's less than it's $17.50. It's criminally low. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, know that it's not nearly good enough, but I forget what and it is. But and I know I pre- it's not I appreciate what uh, Councillor Frank said last night. Like, if we're going to do more, we need, we need the provincial government to step up and increase the Ontario Works rates. I think, if I'm not mistaken... Um, I don't read I'm, my, I'm, I'm I don't read my right stubs now. anymore. Yeah, um, no, it's okay. I know my total check with uh, rent and everything is like seven thirty three, so I would think that three twenty to three forty is basic needs, and three ninety is the max for shelter. Yeah, uh, that's, like uh, what? Yeah, for, for Toronto, it's uh, th- oh Jesus, three sixty for shelter. So <gasps> yeah, yeah. So which? Um, oh, sorry, no, three ninety. Sorry, for Toronto's three ninety. So but here's yeah. the thing, though, like. And this is the one thing I, it's the one thing that irks me. Salvation Army is all about people getting rooms to rent. I'm in a room to rent right now. Since we share a kitchen and a half bathroom, we are not tenants. So we can get kicked out for literally any reason. Even though we are like the most chill tenants and like don't do anything, we could get kicked out and be homeless again. 
like that. Yeah, and there's there's nothing there's no like there's no rental like agreement protection. To, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like being precariously housed is n- no better than being in a shelter. Right. Like yeah, you're gl- you're basically um, what did I say it was the other day? We're like glorified house guests. Right. Like we're paying house guests. Yeah. That's pretty much what we are, and like the fact that um agencies are pushing for people to get rooms to rent there's no protections for people like there's no protections to keep them from ending up homeless again and they could be like the the most responsible person but something could like personalities could clash and they're out on the street again Mm -hmm. like where's the support for them where's the help for them and they're like oh well we're trying to get you guys onto housing well those housing lists if you're low acuity yeah you get you get you get left behind in the queue. You really do. Um, like you you may be um, urgent status because you're homeless or whatever. But if you're renting a room, you're not really urgent status. I don't think that's a thing for urgent status unless you're couch surfing, which you're pretty much glorified couch surfing is yeah, somebody it, it, renting a room. So really, that should count for something. But I don't think it does, to my knowledge. What should the city of London do next? So we've got these hubs, and again, we're proceeding as though everything's going to get approved at council today. And if it, if it Here's doesn't, hoping. If I it really doesn't do. yeah, if it doesn't, you may never hear this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, what should they do next? So if this is if this is step one, and we've got you know these locations, what should they do next? Um, I know this is just a starting group of hubs. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see dry hubs, like we have, um, like you said, like hubs where drug use isn't welcome. Like, I understand that they need to have hubs where drug use is um, yep. encouraged because people are in, active in addiction. Yeah. I totally get that. But that shouldn't be the only. There, like, should, there, be should, be, there should be spots where people that are trying to get sober, or trying to stay clean and sober, can actually restabilize. I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I know that some people would, 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 would push back with you, uh, with you on that one. But, uh, but I couldn't agree more. And here's why. Uh it would be very hard if you were someone who is trying to kick something as addictive as, as as fentanyl or whatever it happens to be. And you're trying to not do that anymore. And you're trying to turn the page in your life and, and get out of that. And to have someone in the next room doing it, that would be really difficult. Another thing I saw at yeah. the Salvation Army with their RCC in the building, um, there's no um, – the only real space and serenity from the overall environment of the Salvation Army is their floor. Because their entrance, they have separate entrances that they can use, but none of those entrances are kept clear from people sitting there hanging, doing whatever, hanging, they doing do. whatever. And even when you're in the elevator in the stairwell, people are doing it there. Like if you're taking the stairs instead of the elevator, because those elevators suck on the best of days. Um, like you're not per- like you're not kept away from it. And and through my ex- through my um, time there, I saw so many people that relapsed. People that were doing great for like the first couple months, first few months, and they just got sick of it because they were just like, why should I get clean and sober? Like, what's the benefit? Like, what's the benefit? Like, there's nothing keeping me because like, you're not protecting, like, you're not keeping this a safe space for me. So what's the point? And like, hats off to any of the people that I uh, met while I was there that are still clean and sober. Like, that takes a lot in in an environment like that. Um, and like I said, I would love to see like an actual drug recovery um, hub where it's it's a protected environment from those um, influences. Yeah, uh, 
it's so I, I think that that type of a shelter makes sense or that type of a hub makes sense. Uh, the question is, and, and this is a hard one, but is there going to be a social service agency in the city that's that's willing to run that? And I hope that there is. I hope um, that someone's willing to bid on that. I, I, would, I don't. I, I would I, personally love to see Mission Services because they have um, Quentin Warner House right. and Salvation Army kind of team up. Yeah. Like that would be a fantastic partnership to have a recovery based hub. Like literally a recovery based hub for people. Yeah, you that could are, call it that. Yeah, like yeah. If you're, and I see one problem with having that kind of thing is, um, drug rehab beds are sparse at best. Right. Um, and many of the programs are only three to six months. Um, which forces you right back into the environment you're in when you're done. But like, I would love to see that be a long term thing where like the mission and. Salvia Jeremy teamed up and we're like, all right, we want to do this. We want to help some of the people that just want to get away that are being constantly exposed to the environment they're trying to escape and the kind of lifestyle they're trying to escape. And I would love the same for um, sex workers that are trying to get out of that life. You know, like there's so many different possibilities for these hubs and I'm hoping that somehow or another it can come that way. And um, speaking of high acuity, there's a lot of seniors in these shelters that are not getting the proper supports and help they need because the staff to resident ratio being what it is at shelters is not akin to helping anybody really. But um, having a even having a seniors hub would be nice, I think, because that way, yeah. you know, it could fast track because I know there's seniors uh, specific housing buildings, so it would really fast track that because during my time at the Salvation Army, I saw so many seniors that really were basically kept where they were. Like they like they were given like the application for housing, blah, blah, blah. That there was no follow-up. There was no like, and it's, I like having the kind of wraparound supports for seniors would help them get into housing faster, just like everybody, every other high acuity population. But like they're lacking it in the current shelter system. And I think by, um, having hubs directed at supporting seniors would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think those are interesting ideas and I, and I hope that there's uh, someone in the city is willing to bid on making that happen. Cause I, I suspect they're, they're open to it. And as I said uh, earlier in the podcast, I am going to be talking with the mayor about that this week. And uh, th that's definitely one of the questions I have for him is, Hey, what's next? And Hey, do you think, uh, you know, where are we going to find other people or other organizations to, to, to run these hubs and, and bid on these hubs? And that's something that I, I definitely want to talk with them about because the, the plan wasn't, you know, to have four of these, the plan was to have a bunch of them and we yep. need more than four, obviously. So um, last thing before we, we wrap up here, Melissa, is this was something that got a little contentious from the perspective of, um, you know, how people who are going to be unhoused this winter would survive the winter if we don't do this. What are your thoughts on what may happen this winter when the weather starts to get the heck of a lot worse than it is right now? My heart goes out to the, those people, honestly. Um, because as I said, if these if there's not these hubs up and running by the time winter hits, or at least some of them, um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be in encampments on street on the street. Because again, a lot of people are not going to be going to shelters because the environment that they are, and it's unfortunate that that's that's the unfortunate reality. And everybody's like, oh well, the shelters are last resort. Yeah, if you're unhoused, that is a last resort. You have nowhere else to go other than the street and mm -hmm. these hubs 
as as they stand are only certain groups of high acuity. I'm hoping that we could kind of accelerate and get more of the different populations represented so that they can have a safe space that isn't the shelter system. And I think if the, if the hubs are successful, it, it would actually pressure the shelters to kind of go to the city and be like, hey, we want to, we want to improve. Like mm-hmm. we want to cop, like we want that to be the standard. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's move it over. We need more funding to do that. Are you open to it? Right. Yeah. Maybe we, we, maybe, you know, someone bids on a hub that is just turning what they have now into what could be considered a hub and, and raising the bar as far as how people are treated when they're there. Maybe that's how this goes. I, I'm spitballing. Like I would but. love to see the Salvation Army have a hub. Yeah. Like, and again, if the mission and the Salvation Army team up and have a recovery hub, that will help a lot of high acuity individuals, I think. Because that would be a strict recovery one. Right. Like, I get people don't want to force people into recovery, but having that as an option right. as a hub would be... Because there are people that would want to go there. There are people that, like... Would I go there on some, their own volition. Yeah, yeah. There's so many people I saw at the Salvation Army were, were like, they were actively pursuing rehab beds, um, like rehab spots, like... There's people that want to get it. Yeah. There's not a lot of people, but there's some people that would, if they got that opportunity and it was away from their current environment... They would I'm in. Go, they'd be right there. Yeah. I'm in. And, you know, that's the thing is is I don't think anyone should be talking about forced rehab because that's never going to work anymore. Anyway. No, it's not. No. But there should be rehab options. There should be dry hub options. Yep. If someone wants to pursue that. Yeah. And like you said, I, I'm sure there would be a, lo- a high number of people that would say, hey, I'm trying to, to, to not do you know, whatever drug it happens to be. And I need to be in a place where I, I don't have to walk past people doing it. Like I can literally yeah. think of five or six people that I met and had good conversations with who were in the RCC that would benefit from that kind of thing. Honestly, no. like I can literally, <laughs> I can probably name them, but I won't because. Yeah, the confidentiality, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, they're good people. But they're good people and, and they deserve a spot to, to try to improve their lives. Before we go, Melissa, just talking about people sort of who are on the streets and, and, and having a hard time. Uh, there, there were some news stories this week about Councillor Susan Stevenson posting some photos. Now, you know, hard to see faces in the photos, but still photos of people who are who are on the street and in some cases accusing them of criminal behavior and things along those lines. Uh, what was your reaction and what you saw with that? Um, well, I actually, um, I have a very good rapport with Susan. So I was able to private message her and be like, look, and I sent a specific tweet. I was like, this person is a good person. I've seen them. Like, I've had nothing but positive interactions with them. They're not what you're perceiving them to be in this post. And I would really hope that before you post people's pictures that you would actually take the chance to talk to them. Right. Get to know them. And I and I say that out of respect for her. Like, I get her point. Like, I get her overall point, but the execution was concerning. And that's why I reached out to her privately. Um, and I've always had an issue with people doing that. Like people in the, like, (laughs) I, I, I am one of those people that I don't post pictures of people unless they allow, like Mm -hmm. I have their permission. And I really, I really hope going forward that perhaps Susan could take that into consideration. And and, and, yeah, I don't like the posting without permission. And I don't like the implication that, well, this look at this person with all this stuff, they must've stolen it. Like, you know, these things could have been given to people. These things could have been, uh, things that were thrown out with garbage. Like, you know, who knows what was there, right? and one thing I like, I know most of the people in these pictures and it, and I like, I, I just approached her with respect, said, look, like 
this isn't okay. You've got this person wrong. Yeah, yeah. this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. Like, please, and I encourage you and like other counselors, get to know these people, ask their permission. And I've had the same problem with like local media sometimes posting pictures of people in addiction and yeah. struggling without their permission. I'm just like, why? Like, I get it, but why? Right. Like, at least get to know their story. Get their permission mm-hmm. because it's actually tokenizing people and that really don't need to be further tokenized, unfortunately, because people are struggling. Yeah, we get it. But like <laughs> publicly um, shaming them, publicly just <laughs> blasting them. It's just it's not, not helping. Gonna, yeah, no, that's not going to make the struggle any better. No. Uh, all right. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there unless there's anything else that, uh, that you want to add, Melissa, before you wrap um, up. I just am hopeful it does pass at council and I hope that <laughs> some of the NIMBYers, um, kind of, um, <laughs> it, 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 I think we just got to realize here that putting everything in the downtown is never going to be the way this is going to Like, I'm I'm only NIMBY when it comes to the downtown core. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like yeah. we, I've seen... The, and like, it's not so much a NIMBY perspective from you as, as you don't want it near where you live. It's a matter of you think it's too intensified. You don't so even live many, downtown There's right now. so yeah. many. There's so many. I don't yeah. miss living downtown. Like yeah. I like living at the Sally. Like I got sick of downtown just staying at the Sally because it was just so overrun. And you had such close proximity to other agencies, which means problematic people were just going, going from place forth. to place yeah, yeah, to place. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's just like, no. Please stop putting stuff downtown, yeah. honestly. And, and like if you own a Tim Hortons, just – just you can please just – especially if it's 1.8 kilometers away. You <laughs> like can, I, you can... I've, worked, I've worked at various places where like people that are struggling have been hanging out out front. But that's that's like a one – like an incident by incident thing. It's not like, oh, it needs to be stopped altogether. No, yeah. you just got to deal with it as it and, happens. And for the most part, not everyone, of course, but there's always been a lot of the people that, okay, they're unhoused, they don't have a place to live and they're kind of hanging out around some uh, a plaza or whatever it happens to be. They're not going to bother anybody. They're not going to. No. Like, yeah, again, there are some cases where that might not be the case. And, and I there's some people that do shoplift quite regularly. Yeah. But like, that's not the majority. Right. That's like a really small minority. Yeah. yeah. And it's really unfortunate that like anything that's wanting to help people that aren't that kind of person is being just Everyone gets met tagged. with stigma based yeah. on a non-existent <laughs> portion of the population. Yeah. Everyone gets tagged as a, you're here to cause trouble, even though the percentage of people that are here to cause trouble is very low. Yeah. And, that's and the, I, yeah. as I said, I'm hoping there's measures in place to really... Yeah, prevent prevent that kind of problem. And that's something I think I'm going to follow up with the police chief. And I want to I want to talk to him about this awesome. because I think that that's something we need to do. So, uh, Melissa, thank you so much. Uh, always great to get your perspective. Uh, we've chatted for 40 minutes, and it's been a it's been a, it's been a fast 40 minutes. So, thank you so much for doing this. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Awesome. That's um, Melissa Sheehan joining us here on the Craig Needles podcast, which of course you can find at classicrock981.com and LondonNewsToday.ca. And of course, the Craig Needles podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Clearview Autoglass. With a bit of bad luck, your windshield took one for the team and you've got to get it replaced. The good luck is you've got Clearview Autoglass. Certified in OptiAIM Lane Departure Camera Calibration Service, Clearview Autoglass will replace your windshield quickly and safely to ensure the integrity of your vehicle. And they will submit your claim directly to your insurance company for you. Plus, they'll give you a $25 gift card. Don't just drive. Enjoy the view with Clearview Autoglass. 540 Clark Road and ClearviewAutoglassLondon.ca. The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network.